What's up, Whisper Nation? We are back at it. Listen, we understand this is a little bit late, but we wanted to get you those week seven waivers included into this episode. So we got week six reactions and week seven waivers. That's Big Travi. I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and we're the Fantasy Whispers. Let's get it. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. Here, let's pump up the volume. Right here. What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Tuesday, October 15th, and you're listening to episode 84 of the Fantasy Whispers with your host, Johnny Gametime Hicks, and me, Big Travi. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter, at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram, at The Fantasy Whispers. And you should definitely visit our website, thefantasywhispers.com. We got articles. Our podcast episodes are up there. Rankings will be live on Wednesday. And new for 2019, we have our Patreon account. So you can help support the show by joining us as a patron of the Fantasy Whispers. You'll also gain access to a ton of bonus content. So head on over to patreon.com and search the Fantasy Whispers today. Johnny. Week six has concluded. It's time to tell the Whisper Nation about some of these storylines. But more importantly, Johnny, you got your first win in our league of record against yours truly. So Way to I emphasize uh, the first part, Travis. Jesus yeah, hey, listen, listen. Hey, I think it's important to let Whisper Nation know that if they're struggling, they can look to Johnny. And look, I, I'm not that far behind you or ahead of you i should say i only have two wins myself so it's just to let you guys know whisper nation we're struggling right there with you we're in the trenches man yeah me and you have uh some of the most difficult schedule on our slate most points against uh so it's been a difficult thing but you never give up always keep fighting always keep looking at that waiver wire which is why we kind of decided to switch up this week's show because we wanted to give you uh, a couple of waiver wire guys. Big Travi always writes a waiver wire article. It's really, really awesome. Uh, but we want to include a little bit of that in the show today. So we'll be cramming that in here as well. But yeah, Travis, of course. thank you. I, I do appreciate that. It does feel good to get a W in that win column. Well, I'm glad I could help you out a little bit. Uh, it wasn't for lack of trying. We both had the number one and number two scoring on the week in our league of record. So it kind of hurt to be the only guy um, that had a shot at beating you this week. But congrats again on the high score on the first win. And then, of course, Whisper Nation, if you're listening right now and you are not subscribed to us on YouTube, please do so. Hit the like and subscribe right now. We know you would love this content. Um, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcast or Google Play, please go ahead and leave us a uh, review. We would love to do that. And speaking of reviews... We got a nice little comment review on our YouTube channel, Johnny, from our guy, Benny Labraco. Benny says, these guys are the best. They answer fantasy questions very quickly and accurately. They saved my league time and time again. Anybody who plays fantasy must follow them. Benny, we appreciate the kind words. We are doing this literally for everyone else. We are having you know, a, a rough year in fantasy across our leagues, but we know that we can continue to come at it hard with all of the processes because we know we're helping you guys out there in whisper nation. So Benny, just another faithful part of whisper nation. We appreciate you there, but Johnny, I I haven't shout out to Benny. He's been hopping on our Sunday live stream shows on YouTube. So we do much love that as well. We go live every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time or sorry, 9 a.m. 
Pacific time. An, a- an hour before kickoff. Yeah, an hour before kickoff. <laughs> yeah. That's just the easier thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking of Whisper Nation, we had a shout out in our DM just this morning. So, Johnny, this is a trade scenario I want to pitch to you here for our boy at Christo Malcolm. Uh, thanks for the follow. Thanks for the support at Christo Malcolm. He says, I have to give up Christian McCaffrey, but in return, I'll get Tyreek Hill, Leonard Fournette, Adam Thielen, and Michael Gallup. Johnny, I mean, some of these guys on value alone may be a situation you take, but then you throw in Michael Gallup, who's looking at an Amari Cooper injury. Are you taking this deal, Johnny? You know, oftentimes I do not suggest trading a star away. However, you're talking about getting a haul for Christian McCaffrey, who is the number one fantasy player at this time. But listen, all the pieces that you're getting here, I like this deal. Leonard Fournette has been solid. He's due for some touchdown uh, re- uh, touchdown regression here. Um, he hasn't scored that many. Adam Thielen looks to be – he keeps producing every single week. Tyreek Hill looked great. He looks like he's fully healthy. And Michael Gallup, like you just said, is, is coming to – could be the number one option there in the passing game, Travis. Uh, I would do this deal and and get these pieces, and then you can always go and then level back up to other stars. Listen, there's a lot of, of big-name guys who are underperforming right now. Alvin Kamara, Julio Jones, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. All of these guys could be had, and you can piece a couple of these guys maybe with your other lineup and then really get a super team going. So I would do this deal. I actually really like it. Also, we're heading into the thick of bye weeks. They are coming and they're coming fast. And these guys are going to help you win weeks. And you get you're giving up Christian McCaffrey on a bye week too. I would do it. You do you agree yeah, with that? I, I love this haul. You look at Leonard Fournette, he's the key piece for me. At least you're getting a running back because the rest are wide receivers. But the running back you're getting is Leonard Fournette, who you know, other than McCaffrey, nobody really is seeing the volume that Leonard Fournette is kind of seeing besides maybe an Alvin Kamara uh, with, you know, the what's going on with Drew Brees. So getting Leonard Fournette back in this deal is a big piece to me. And I think you take this deal and, and you make your team, you know, kind of, you know, give yourself four or five pieces to play here each and every week in return for that one. Mm-hmm. So that uh, that's our whispers from the nation right there. We love Whisper Nation. Big, uh, big shout out to them. They they keep us going each and every week. We love you guys. Um, obviously, we want to do our week six reaction and our week seven waiver wire breakdown. But before we do that, we've got some news and notes brought to you by Fanatic Johnny. This is news and notes from around the NFL. Fanatic is F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. That's where fantasy meets IQ. Fanatic has done some amazing work to their app this offseason that's rolled right into the regular season. They're continuing to make updates. If you look at some of the features of you know, the last three games that they put in there, implemented stats, even within our rankings page, you can see some matchup details in there because our rankings are housed right there in their app. So head on over to Fanatic. Uh, head on over to the App Store on your Apple device. Uh, you got an iPad. You want to crunch some stats before your matchup. Head on over to the App Store uh, with the Apple devices and download Fanatic today. So, Johnny, first bit of news is Cowboys wide receiver Amari Cooper had a contusion on Sunday, and he hoped he could play through it, but he was not able to. He's looking day-to-day here, but he also has the ankle injury 
that's kind of or the plantar fascia, the ankle. He's got a, a slew of injuries that are starting to pile up here. This is a huge game for Dallas. So you kind of wonder if they held Amari out to get them ready for this Philly game. Do you think that Amari gives it a go on Sunday night? I, I certainly think he's going to give it a, a, a shot uh, because, yes, it is a really, really big game in that division. This is basically between Philadelphia and the Cowboys in this division. And you got to think that he's going to try to give it a go. He listen, Amari Cooper has dealt with a ton of pain through his career. It's coming out all these stories. He just doesn't really talk about it. But Travis, this is about the same kind of uh, entry to what I'm hearing as the Todd Gurley entry. And Todd Gurley didn't didn't play in his matchup. And they had a big, you know, matchup this past weekend with the 49ers where they could have definitely used him. And so it's going to be interesting. It does. It does suck for fantasy owners because it is a night game. So it's going to be hard for you to, you know, have to be able to switch out your players if you if you have a not only it's not only a night game, but the matchup is just so juicy right. for Amari Cooper against that Philly. You've got to be hearing some good signs coming in, but it's it is encouraging that he was hoping to play through it. Uh and it sounds like maybe they just you know, held him out for that one. Speaking of a wide receiver dealing with some nagging injury, we have Sammy Watkins, who's getting a lot of optimism that he will play in Thursday night's showdown against Denver. Johnny, uh, any concern with Sammy Watkins? I mean, he was a guy that you locked and loaded into your uh, lineup two weeks ago against the Colts. uh, And you're sitting there, you know, like what happened? (laughs) So are you going to trust him again, rolling him out here against Denver? Listen, Especially Denver has been kind of hot. Denver has been on fire. They have been one of the best defenses the last couple of weeks. Certainly, you wouldn't have thought so because Chubb went down, and then it was also it was like he was the key that was slowing them down, and they unlocked the door. Uh, you know, Sammy Watkins. You know, other than Week One, other you know those the weeks two through. F- two through four, he really didn't do much. Uh, this is something you're going to want to monitor. It was a hamstring issue, so I don't even know if I fully am buying into that he will be prepared. Sammy Watkins has dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his career, and if you've made it this far without playing Sammy, I think I would sit him in this game as well. It's not a good matchup. Uh, Pat Mahomes is certainly, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but he's certainly not looking like himself. And so, uh, I, you know, definitely monitor this and see what his situation is like. But if yeah, I yeah, matchups not matchups not great. He he's kind of done it to you already this year. I, I would be fading Sammy Watkins if I could afford it. Yeah. If you're in a desperation play, I, I understand. But let's fade him if you can. And and honestly, he wasn't a high draft pick, so you probably you probably can fade yeah, him. Yeah, you're, you're probably okay. Moving on to another wide receiver for the Patriots. They're in desperate need of some weapons given the uh, state of their uh, wide receiving core right now, or their pass catchers, that is. Nikhil Harry has returned to practice and said, uh, Bill Belichick said, yeah, if he's ready, we'll hope he'll be ready to go. Obviously, that could mean anything from the emperor himself. He could be basically saying he'll be ready and then he'll not start him. But look, (laughs) Nikhil Harry did not make my waiver article this week because... Uh, he cannot play, and he's not eligible until week nine. And we actually saw Jacoby Myers outplay him this this preseason. Rookie wide receivers tend to be a little bit um, up and down. Yep. So for me, Nikhil Harry is a, you know, if you've got the depth, especially in Dynasty, he's probably still on somebody's roster. But 
in dynasty he was a top pick you definitely want to keep rocking with him but uh i think that's just kind of where it's at with them will disley johnny this one's a heartbreaker will disley uh tore his achilles and so johnny this is back-to-back years with uh season-ending injuries for will disley after he was a tight he was the tight end one going too yeah patella tendon came back from that looked great Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, number, yeah, number one tight end <laughs> on the year. I'll steal the words out of your mouth, Big Travi. Yeah, and uh, and then goes down with a torn Achilles. So arguably the two worst injuries that you could suffer as an athlete right now. He is uh, he has suffered them. So we're hoping he recovers. I mean, it's good news to see what he came back from the patella tendon. So it gives you hope that you know he can do it again. But yeah, certainly not good news at all. And not good so, news. Not good news for the Seattle offense either. He was a yeah, big part of it. He he definitely was a big part of this, and he was a, a favorite target of Russell Wilson. But right now, we're watching Russell do, Wilson do something special. Jerron Brown filled in quite nicely as a uh, another option for Russell there. Uh, the Jets have officially added Chris Hearn into their active roster. He is dealing with a hamstring injury, Johnny. But this was a guy. It could be worth a speculative ad, especially when you see what Sam Darnold was able to do for this Jets offense. Yeah, uh, take take note that this week they do play the New England Patriots, so that is a very difficult matchup. However, if you have you know if you have Disley and Hunter Henry isn't available on your waiver wire, definitely go and get her and Herndon is I should say that as well. Uh, I wouldn't. I would go and pick him up because he does have that upside. Listen, this was crazy how much, you know, Sam Darnold changes the outlook of an, an entire offense, right? Travis, like he comes in and they look great. Uh, so I, I like the Herndon ad. And yeah, I think we'll talk a little bit more when we get into the waiver uh, section about Sam Darnold and that jet schedule. Yes. The new England game scares the crap out of you coming up, but after that, it really opens up and we'll get into that a little bit later. Cause I think, Darnold and some of these Jets pieces are really sneaky ads this week. Well, going you, in and you going love, into that New England uh, matchup, yeah, and you love the confidence Sam Darnold had, right? He came back and he said, "I wouldn't want it any other way. I want the Cowboys. I want New England. I want to prove that we are good." So good for him. Yeah, well, and it was just like if you think about the storylines we were talking about the Jets going into the season, we thought they could do they make some noise with Darnold and some of the pieces. And yet we kind of forgot about that storyline, given the mono that Sam Darnold experienced, and then he was out for a while. So, all right. So moving on here, Johnny, there is a chance, uh, chances in quotes, that Todd Gurley returns in week seven. I kind of buy this. It is a thigh contusion or the quad contusion here. Um, We have seen uh, how this can linger. The contusions can linger in the case of like Damian Williams missed two weeks but then you look at somebody like Todd Gurley and maybe because it's on the thigh and not the knee he's got a shot to go ahead and get back here Johnny uh do you think he makes it back this week so I think it's uh important to know I'm gonna say no and I'm gonna say the reason two things if you're saying this came out uh yesterday or sorry this came out two days ago this news that there was a chance that he plays next week that's if you're considering a chance and you're still a week out, I, I don't like that outlook as well as 
it is important to note that contusion is on the same knee that he is having arthritis in. So uh, it is it, it is a big injury for him, I feel. And I think that, you know, this next matchup is against Atlanta Falcons. I think that they'll be fine with the running backs that they have, unlike going against the 49ers last weekend. Uh, it would have been nice to have them in that game. I think this game they can they can beat the the Falcons without him. So I would expect him not to give it a go. But we will certainly keep this monitored all throughout the week. Yep. And our last something oh. we'll definitely be monitoring here is yes. the our last bit of news. Saquon Barkley tweets out that I'll be back soon with a little smirky emoji and also the crossed fingers emoji. Do you think so he Johnny, was just watching? You think he was just watching Terminator? I think, and he was trying to quote, I'll be back. I, th- I think that's, <laughs> could be, could be. Maybe, maybe. There's the new Terminator coming out, yeah. so maybe he's stoked on it. <laughs> um, Terminator should sponsor the Fantasy Whispers. Hey, uh, just, yeah. just saying. Uh, but Saquon Barkley looking to be back. And, and really, I was talking to some people, especially some Giants fans, and they're excited to see what this offense would look like with Daniel Jones and Saquon fully healthy together. We haven't really seen that except for portions of the Tampa Bay game where uh, Daniel Jones nearly scored 40 points. So as a fantasy quarterback, so not only, you know, we know that Saquon's locked and loaded in your lineup if he's playing. Look, I've got him statted out for massive usage just based on the fact that Wayne Gallman could not even play here and Buck Allen would be the backup. So you could see the Giants bring Saquon back and Come kind of against the the grain here, just use the crap out of him because they don't really have much else. You look at Sterling Shepard's health, Evan Ingram's health, and you wonder, will Saquon be the only body out there for Daniel Jones to throw to? Johnny, how stoked are you for fantasy football that Saquon's nearing his return? Oh, I'm I'm super excited for Saquon to be back. It's going to be nice having one of those top, uh, top options back. As well as, listen... I'm not going to lie. I hope he really does come back because selfishly, I will be out in New York this week to see this game. And I really, oh, that's I, right. I want to see Saquon Barkley in my life. Uh, so it, it, I'll be out in MetLife Stadium. If you're if you're out there, give, come give me a shout out or come, come by and see me. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope Saquon can give it a go. It would be awesome. It would be a really good story for them. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that wraps up our news and notes for this week. So we want to thank Fanatic. Uh, Remember, Fanatic is on the Apple App Store. They want you to win the week, win the next, and then win your league. And that's what it's all about, Whisper Nation, winning the league. Speaking of week to week, we've got to go through this week six action and kind of talk about the main storylines that we're excited about here, Johnny. And it starts... Um, really with that QB showdown between Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. And we'll kind of start with Deshaun Watson, Johnny, looking like he's getting back to that rookie season, world beater, scorched earth form. Uh, Talk to us a little bit, talk to Whisper Nation a little bit about what you're seeing out of Deshaun Watson and and how excited he is making his fantasy owners. Yeah, so he, he was 30 for 42 for 356 yards and four touchdowns. Could have had even more touchdowns. Will Fuller dropped a couple of touchdowns there, uh, which could have even made his day even better. Listen, Deshaun Watson is regaining his form. At, listen, ever since he made the they the Texans made the trade for Tunsil, uh, their left tackle, and he is starting to gel with that offensive line. 
Deshaun has been looking great. And we had said this all along. He just didn't have enough time to throw the ball. And that was, he was getting sacked too many times. Well, he didn't get any sacks in this game, Travis. Uh, so he is getting back. He's not fully back to his rookie year as, you know, I'll, I love to go to the points per drop back uh, stat, you know, when I'm looking at quarterbacks. Right now, he's sitting at a .57 point per drop back, whereas in his rookie year during that amazing stretch, he was at .74. But listen, this could easily be higher, like I just said, because of Will Fuller dropping the two touchdowns. You also had Deshaun, or DeAndre Hopkins dropping a touchdown there at the end. So uh, I, I, I'm excited about Deshaun Watson moving forward. If you got him on your fantasy team, he's going to do a lot for you this year. Yeah, over the last three weeks is really kind of where this has turned around. You talked about the Laramie Tunsil trade. Uh, in those last three weeks, Deshaun Watson is the QB1, Johnny. So only Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, though, have more rushing yards. So really what we're seeing is Deshaun Watson doing it on the ground. He's got a, three rushing touchdowns in the last three weeks. That's number one in the NFL. 101 rushing yards like we were talking about there. And then I just look at this schedule, Johnny, and I'm even more excited. Colts, Raiders, Jags, Ravens. So, yeah, the Colts did have a big game. They'll have a bye. They had a big game against Pat Mahomes playing man-to-man coverage. But I think the difference here is, you know, Deshaun Watson's a lot more mobile than Patrick Mahomes has been. And I think that could really play to his advantage against this in the big divisional matchup. So I really like that. Then the Raiders, Jags, Ravens, like these are teams that are just getting scorched through the air. I love Watson. I think you're locking and loading him here as top five and and easily has the ability to be the QB one when the season is over. Speaking of a guy that was many's many people's QB one, the guy that uh, Deshaun Watson played in Kansas City this week was Patrick Mahomes. And, and whereas you're very excited about Deshaun Watson, you may be a little bit concerned here, Johnny, about Patrick Mahomes. So speak to me a little bit about the things that are concerning you most. Well, it's definitely it comes down to the his ankle injury, right, Travis? Uh, ever since he got the ankle, the tweaked ankle three weeks ago, he's having to tweak it during the game by offensive linemen uh, or defensive linemen again and again each and every single week, and we've seen him become more mortal. Uh, over the last three weeks, he is now the quarterback seven, and this is why you tend you you start to see some of these teams that have drafted Pat Mahomes who are rolling for the first couple of weeks. All of a sudden, they're starting to stumble because they don't have the depth, and this was the concern. and And it looked great, and it looked to go your way in the beginning of the season, but as soon as this injury happened. You're not getting that depth that you normally would have if you took a quarterback a little bit later like a Deshaun Watson or a Matt Ryan or Russell Wilson. You can't really suffer those same blows as you can. So, uh, And teams are also guarding him a little bit different. They're not zoning up like a lot of his previous games. They're starting to go man, which is starting to show a little bit of a weakness for that Kansas City wide receiver core who can – hardly well I shouldn't say hardly break free but it's definitely helping getting Tyreek Hill back but they're they're struggling you know getting off the ball there so I definitely have my concerns for Patrick Mahomes are you concerned or you just fully think it maybe once this bye week comes for them and they can get uh, Pat Mahomes ankle fully healed he'll be back to normal if I'm not mistaken, the bye week for the Chiefs is until week 12. So I, I think that we've got some situations here where he's just going to have to gut it out. Now, I will say, I think a lot of what you said there 
um, is accurate. You talk about the man that a lot of teams are playing. Basically, Detroit did a lot of this in that first game against Kansas City. Not the first game, but in that game against Kansas City, Detroit played man. Then the Colts mirrored that to an extent. Um, and then now, you know, you saw the Texans kind of do it last week. But I think the bigger thing was, you know, they're going to have Tyreek Hill back. If, we've, if we're right about Sammy Watkins and he comes back, then you're talking about a situation where you're not going to be playing a lot of man against those guys because it's just like you're going to have to bracket Tyreek Hill. We saw it last week. Like that guy is the shortest guy on the field, and he's jumping like over these defenders. So it, athletic, it, dude. It was so insane. His, his touchdown celebration was more athletic things done in his touchdown celebration than I've done in my entire life. So... <laughs> I can't backflip, but Tyreek Hill can when he's dancing. So, it look, I just think that there is some valid concern here when you look at the matchup. I think you need to just bite the bullet here with Patrick Mahomes in these for these couple weeks while he's dealing with this. But when Tyreek Hill gets more integrated and they get Sammy healthy, you're going to see this offense hit its ceiling yet again, I think. And the, I think it starts with the run game. If they can get the run game involved against Denver, then you're going to be looking at a team that can use play action, some more of their deception against teams. But um, Denver is that tough matchup, Johnny. Only 9.36 fantasy points given up to the position in their last four games on average. So that is a little bit scary. But if there's anybody to kind of buck the trend, it's it's definitely Patrick Mahomes, the reigning MVP. They've gotten three turnovers in each of the last two games. Uh, they're, and Vic, they're starting to play. Vic Fangio, yeah, we talked about it. We liked the Denver. It's kind of crazy that... They, they've kind of turned it around since Bradley Chubb's injury. Yeah. Like it, it, it doesn't like, I don't think they coincide, but it's just kind of crazy that they've now started to generate some sex stuff. Or does it? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> but uh, either way, I think that uh, Denver could be a very scary matchup for uh, Patrick Mahomes, but you're not fading him too much. And speaking of scary, it is the month of October and we've got to talk about our guy, scary Terry here. Look, scary Terry has been somebody to just buck the complete trend of wide receiver or rookie wide receivers. He's come in. He's been the lone bright spot on a Washington Redskins team. And Johnny, you've got a softness in your heart having Terry in a few leagues as a guy you picked up off waivers. This is that early waiver wire, like MVP, if you will, for the season. So talk to us a little bit about scary Terry and how you feel for the rest of the season. Yeah, dare I? I mean, I don't. I hate to compare him to this because I just ignore the rest of this guy's career. But he's looking a lot like Calvin Benjamin his rookie year. A lot of people uh, who took Calvin Benjamin his rookie year, and he had a one of the best rookie seasons of any rookie wide receiver. And it looks like Scary Terry is going to do the same thing. Listen, he was four for seven on Sunday for a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Burn, burn the corner over there. He had two. Um, longer bombs there on the season Travis 23 for 37 for 408 yards and five touchdowns he hasn't had less than 50 receiving yards in a single game right now he is he is in just standard league uh or sorry half point PPR he's at, at wide receiver 10 let's remember Travis he's played New England and he also missed it, and he's ranked as the number 10 wide receiver on the year. My question to you is, are you buying into it? Are you fully getting it? It looks like Case Keenum, that's his guy. It's his go-to. But he's a rookie wide receiver, so how much do you buy into this? Well, I mean, there's predictive stats when we talk about wide receivers because 
on the whole, the, the wide receiver position is volatile. So you're going to get some dips in production, especially when you're talking about rookie wide receivers, right? But if we look at the, I think the one constant here is that when he plays with Case Keenum, he is more than solid. He's a top tier wide receiver in the four games that he's played with Case Keenum. So weeks one through three, and then this last week, week six, I don't count the game where Keenum was pulled. And I don't believe that uh, uh, Terry even played in that game, but either way, in this span with Case Keenum, you look at the numbers, wide receiver three in PPR. He's got 20 catches, 357 yards, five touchdowns, and 11.9 yards per target. But that's not even the most impressive thing for me. We talk about air yards each and every week and what you have to do. Go to airyards.com. Check this stuff out because it's very predictive information about how good a wide receiver is in spite of his quarterback. Well, Scary Terry has 619 air yards for 2019. That's good for ninth among the top 10. Uh, I, I'm sorry, that's good for ninth. And in that top 10, McLaurin has the largest average depth of target at 16.3. So this guy is a stud, and he's doing it in a ver- variety of ways at the wide receiver position. And I think that's important. Plus the market share that he dominates in this team each and every week when Case Keenum is the quarterback really shows you that this team is going to continue. I mean, he's got 20% of the team's market share. He's missed a few games, so that's going to factor into that as well. But I think, you know, what this team wants to do, they're going to play ball control. They're going to run the football with AP, and then they're going to throw it to Scary Terry. And I think play action passes uh, to Scary Terry is a scary thing for opposing defenses. And I would be buying Scary Terry if you still can, and I would be holding him if you've got him. He would not be part of any trade packages for me. But a guy that you may be selling, <laughs> but now that I felt like that was a per- <laughs> personal personal statement to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you've offered him up unless you're trying to offer him, you're trying to offer him right here on the show. Then no, not, no, do. I'm just no. All right. This is actually we'll transition to a guy that people ask us quite yeah. a bit about is Stefan Diggs in trade deals and based on this monster performance. Um, Johnny, I want to know: Are you buying or selling Stephon Diggs? I, uh, you know what, uh, I'm I'm selling Stephon Diggs. I'll tell you why. You look at what he did on Sunday: seven for eleven, 167 yards, and three touchdowns. The next three, the next three or next four weeks, I should say, are really nice. Detroit, Washington, Kansas City, and Dallas. Not too. I mean, uh, Detroit is a little bit. You know, depending on where Slay goes, whatever uh, that could be either way. Uh, Dallas has been pretty good against the wide receiver. But overall, pretty nice schedule there. But this is where I'm concerned with Travis. They have actually ran the ball. They're one of the few teams that have, that have continuously ran the ball more than they've thrown the ball. And they are still throwing it only 47.5% of the time. On average, they're throwing about 30 to 32 times a game. And that's where I'm concerned because this team is really good. They want to grind it out. Even this matchup didn't even dictate to run the ball because uh, the Philadelphia Eagles D-line is the best in the league when it comes to stopping the run. Yet they still chose to go with the game script of where they were going to pound the rock. And it, it worked. They they did play action off of it and everything like that. But it required very long bombs for uh for digs in order to make his fantasy day and i think that you can't count on that production each and every single week 
I think that he will have some games where he is a good, really talented wide. He's a talented wide receiver. I'm not. I'm not digging him for that. No pun intended. But, hmm. but I. I just think that on this performance, you could sell high right now because people are going to say, "Oh, he's back. He's back." You could. You could sell high. I will just make the point here that I think that it would be wise to maybe wait just a little bit. We talked a little bit about that schedule. You got Detroit on a short week. You've got the Redskins in a Kirk Cousins revenge game. And then you've got a Kansas City shootout potentially on the docket too. So if you're looking here, all of these games prior to that uh, deadline, that trade deadline, meaning that the Vikings could go out, showcase digs over the next month, and then pull the trigger on a deal to move him. Obviously, a lot of this is speculation and, and hypotheticals, but I think for you to hold on to Diggs, when you look at what uh, you know, Cousins has been able to do over the last two weeks, Cousins has been the QB6 himself. And then he's made Diggs the wide receiver four and Thielen the wide receiver five and PPR over the last two weeks. So if they continue this trend where they want to appease the egos of these wide receivers while also inflating Stefan Diggs' value to potentially trade him, you could be doing the same thing as the Vikings here and inflating that value and trying to get more, a, a bigger piece of the pie if you're going to sell him. But I honestly think that the Vikings are going to emerge as the second-best team in this division, and I think they're going to figure out this offense, and I think Diggs is, is honestly a decent hold for me personally. I think I think he could be a, 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 a show star. We know he's capable of being elite in this league, he just needs to be healthy and getting the targets. And, and I think they've been committed to getting both of these guys work over the last two weeks. We'll see if it holds up. Yeah. Speaking of holding up, uh, you know, Kyle Allen has been holding up the K Carolina Panthers here and, and they are on to four straight wins now heading into the bye. Are they on the bye this week? Yeah, they are on the bye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Carolina four four wins, four straight wins heading into the bye. And then we've just got to ask after the bye. Are we going to see some QB controversy here, Johnny, based on, you know, what Allen's been able to do? I mean, you you certainly look at what he's putting up points per game, 30.3 uh, total yards is up to 382 from two uh, from 366. And he's getting the turnovers down. Uh, they go from 2.1 over the last 13 games, uh, turnovers per game to one turnover per game on average uh, with Kyle Allen. I, I think that there really is a a controversy brewing here. And just yesterday, it was uh, leaked out that they could possibly, you know, that the Carolina Panthers could possibly be dangling uh, Cam Newton out there for trade speculation. Uh, he's due quite a lot of money, and the team wasn't necessarily better. Do, uh, if you're looking, you know, and it's funny because uh, Riverboat Ron likes to claim that he's a huge analytics guy. So if that's the case, then why wouldn't he stick with Kyle Allen? They're winning games. They're having fun. CMC's looking great. Uh, I don't like it for some of their other pass catchers. It's a little frustrating. Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore haven't been the most consistent wide receivers. But, you know, if you want to win games and, and you want to free up that cap space, it does seem like the right thing to do would be to either trade cam or keep Kyle Allen in there. Uh, but this is certainly something that you will want to monitor over this next, you know, two weeks because they have a buy. Uh, but what do you think in Travis? Do you think that uh, they're going to trade? Do you think that Cam Newton's going to come uh, back and just assume this role again? Uh, here's the thing. I think, do you this think is that Cam's mom uh, has a new favorite player? 
Well, everybody knows that that was Kyle Allen yeah. from that commercial. So, no, uh, listen, listen, I think it's fun for us to talk about these hypotheticals. It's fun for us to talk about this storyline. But let's not forget who Cam Newton is. Cam Newton is a former MVP, a person that has put Cam the Carolina Panthers on the map as a franchise, made them one of the better franchises in the NFL, at least respect-wise. Then you look at what he's done for Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera basically has a job still because of Cam Newton in a lot of ways, because of what Cam Newton's been able to do. They went to the Super Bowl on the back of Cam Newton, um, and I continue to think that because that is ingrained in Carolina, and he's such a way of, of, of life there, this is only a encouraging sign for the future of Carolina. Kyle Allen looks good. They're going to be able to go back to him. This, I mean, look at this guy, dude. 75% adjusted completion percentage, 900 yards on you know 80 completions. He's got seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, only has the one fumble. Um, so, yes, he's been blowing Cam out of the water as far as the four games with Allen versus the two games with Cam Newton. But Cam was also not healthy in those two games. And they rushed him back, and they got him back on an ankle that was not healthy, and they know it, and they ended up going to Kyle Allen. And now we'll see after the bye if Cam is able to get fully healthy. Regardless, they don't care. if he. They're not going to play him until he's fully healthy, but they will go back to Cam Newton. I, I don't see them staying with, with Kyle Allen. It just doesn't make a lot of football sense to me, or at least as far as, like, um, the state of the franchise. So that wraps up our big storylines for week six, Johnny, but we wanted to do something a little extra special this week, given the timing that we came out with this uh, episode. So if you're listening to this episode on Tuesday, hopefully you are, we have our waiver wire pickups for week seven. Johnny, we wrote, I wrote this article uh, with our, with our buddy, Chris, big fan of ours, of course. And I just wanted to go through and kind of talk a little bit about the article. What we did this year was kind of break guys into a couple categories here. So the first category we have is streamable. And what we deem streamable is one to two week use, maybe based on matchup or injuries to other players on the roster. Uh, then we jump into what we call patchwork players. And these are guys that you'd be looking at with two to four week upside value um, at the at their respective position. Then we have season-long upside. These are guys that you probably want to blow a little bit more of your wob on because these are guys that can... Oh, dude, talk, talking dirty on the show, huh? <laughs> hey, it's a family show, dude. Wow. Wob, wob. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so these are guys with season-long upside. You, you definitely want to get a hold of these. And then the final category is stash-worthy. And basically, these are for the teams that have a little bit more depth or, or roster space to play with um, that you'll want to go ahead and, and take a look at these guys. So... I, we don't have to go through the entire article. Obviously, we want you to go head over to the fantasywhispers.com and, and take a look. But, Johnny, why don't we start with uh, just going through here, and I'll basically tell you the category, and you pick out one to two names you want to talk about based on uh, they interest you or not. In our streamable category, one to two-week use, who's a guy that was really catching your eye when you were reading the article? So uh, Darren Fells, a tight end. The tight end landscape is is very thin. It's It's scrappy. It's ugly. But Darren Fells is a kind of a, an emerging as a reliable source for the tight end position, Travis. And we we've been talking about Deshaun Watson all show and 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 how much he's improved and all the touchdowns he's throwing and how well that offense is rolling. Tell me about Darren Fells and what you're thinking about uh, when you're are you picking this guy up? How much are you spending on him? Uh, things like that. Well, I think he's worth it, uh, especially when you look at 
you know, some of the, obviously you talked about the landscape, but you look at what he's done. I mean, I, the fear for Fells is that he's splitting some time with Aikens in this roster on this roster, who has also scored and been a, 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 a difference maker for the Texans. But I really look at this as he's been the tight end seven in the last month and three of his last four games, he's either had 60 yards or a touchdown. And one of those games he had two, I think he's, been the direct beneficiary of Hopkins down production, at least in, in the scoring department. And so for me, I look at Fels as a guy that, yeah, this fire could burn out soon, but given what's going on in tight end, this is worth the upside because what if Fels, like what if we're just seeing the progression of Deshaun Watson, who is now able to spread the ball around to multiple weapons, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and now Darren Fels as a third option in this offense. So I think, you know, we talk about how we wanted it to be Duke Johnson, but Deshaun Watson didn't technically throw to the running back all that much. Mm -hmm. He seems to be throwing to his tight end instead, and it seems to be Darren Fells who's soaking up a lot of that usage. All right, so in that same streamable category, did you have anybody else that caught your eye? So uh, Jacoby Brissett is a very interesting name coming off of a buy. He was rolling. He was actually being, he was a top 12 fantasy quarterback uh, under the radar. I would say, cause not a lot of people uh, would know that just if you ask them on the street, Jacoby Brissett this next week coming off a of buy, how confident do you feel starting him? If you need to, uh, if you have a Kyle Allen who is on a buy, Maybe you just have a bad quarterback. Well, if, if you have a bad quarterback uh, there, how confident? If you have just... one, I well, I think the matchup's really good against Houston. We've seen Houston get exposed uh, in the secondary by a, a few people. He's only QB seventeen on the year, but that's with a buy baked in there. Brissett's been, you know, solid. You look at the numbers: 20, 22 points, twenty four points, twenty eight points. Only really one bad last. That was the last week, and that's because they just pounded the rock and played keep away. Uh, from Kansas City. You do have some worry they'll do that with Houston as well, but I like Brissett here. I think he has a nice bounce back game, and I think he's worth the stream, especially when we talk about the four teams on bye. So we move from streamable players to patchwork players. Any guys in this two to four week window that you uh, you were excited about? Yeah, so Chase Edmonds. I want to talk about this uh, a little bit because Chase Edmonds is a guy who I understand you have him in your patchwork two to four week upside. But here's what I want to note. Uh, I Obviously, I reside here in Arizona. I listen to a lot of Arizona talk radio. And Chase Edmonds, over the last two weeks, has been a darling for fantasy football. Even with DJ playing, he's been able to score double-digit fantasy points. Here's what's interesting, interesting to note moving forward and why I think he can actually be a part of your squad for the rest of the season and that is, they really like him here in Arizona. They think he is a very talent, talented running back. And then if you look at where their wide receiver core is at right now, it's decimated with injuries. Even if they get Christian Kirk back, it's really Christian Kirk and it's Larry Fitzgerald. They have been lining up uh, DJ as a wide receiver because he is so talented. Meaning that if they line up at wide receiver, they're having Chase Edmonds in the backfield running as the running back. And we've even had Coach uh, Coach K come out and say that our, uh, the Arizona Cardinals are a better team when they have DJ and 
uh, Chase Edmonds on the field at the same time. So they're they're really liking that combo. They think it gives them a, a different dimension to their game. And so for that reason, I think that Chase Edmonds can actually be a guy who you picked up as a handcuff thinking if DJ goes down. But I think that moving forward, Chase Edmonds could have value to his own, much like Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon have value together. Well, maybe not so much right now, but in theory, yeah. you know, uh, you're you well, especially both these guys, especially in the way they like to throw in Arizona and their throw to the backs. We've, we've talked about Cliff Kingsbury at length in the offseason and how he was top five in almost every category with running backs and throwing to the running backs and their efficiency and those running backs getting first downs and Mm -hmm. how integral those running backs were to his offense and chase Edmonds has really stepped up listen chase Edmonds was almost in the season-long upside for us this week it was just we didn't want to discount David Johnson so much to say that season-long upside is something that's going to stick every year or every week week over for chase Edmonds but he's definitely paying off for those that have picked him up. And if he's still available, you need to swoop him immediately. Yeah. 100%. All right. So last little bit I wanted to talk about two different categories here, season long upside and stash worthy this week. We only really had one guy land in the season long category for us and his ownership percentage is a little bit higher than we're normally writing about, but that's Jamison Crowder mm-hmm. really wanted to talk about Jamison Crowder. And then we have Sam Darnold in the stash worthy section Um, Because I just wanted to talk about what Darnold has done for the offense in the two games he's been able to suit up for. Jamison Crowder, 17 targets in week one, nine targets in in this week six. Uh, I just, the target share he's going to have on this offense as Quincy Inunua is on IR now for this team. And I I just love Jamison Crowder, and I think he's probably my favorite waiver ad in the article this week. Johnny, are you excited for the Jets and what Darnold brings to the table? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm a little disappointed because I had him in uh, a couple of leagues. I dropped him in one league because I needed uh, to pick up a couple other players, and that was a full PPR league, and he just kills it in in PPR. He's a reception monster. Sam Darnold is looking for him often. He's he's his checkdown guy. Robbie Anderson is the -the over-the-top guy. He'll get long bombs and everything like that. But uh, as far as the check down, now this will be interesting. Travis, I want to ask you, Herndon, what effect does that have on on his value, on Crowder's value moving forward? Do you expect Crowder to still get this, you know, 9 to 12 targets a game? Or do you think Herndon will bite into that a little bit? Well, what we saw from Herndon was that he was used a lot in a very vanilla offense last year for the Jets. You bring in Adam Gase, and you don't know that Adam Gase has had a ton of notable tight end production in his extent or in his history as a play caller, but he has had a lot of wide receiver heavy and running back heavy targets. And so I think because of that, because of Le'Veon Bell and his usage in the passing game, that's going to probably directly negate Herned in more than I would think a guy like Jamison Crowder is. I think Crowder is running routes in a different area of the field. And with Darnold's progression and his growth as a quarterback, he should be looking for the more extensive routes by nature. But I just here's the thing for me. I I almost had Sam Darnold in st- season long upside because of this schedule. I want yeah. you to like look at oh. after New England here. He plays at Jacksonville, at Miami, at the Giants, at Washington, at Oakland. At Cincinnati, uh, and then Miami, then Baltimore. I mean, all the yeah. way up to the fantasy championship. 
Darnold may have the best schedule uh, you're looking at. So if you, you know, if you've seen some injuries to Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, and you've been streaming since then, take a look at Sam Darnold because this schedule really opens up, and I think it could be a sneaky, proactive uh, ad before Darnold. Because if Darnold goes in and has a good game against New England, and then people are looking at his schedule, it's game over. You're not going to be able to get him. Get him now, stash him, and then and then fire him up for that stretch because could be a lot of good things heading your way. But Whisper Nation, we want to know what you think. We want to know who your favorite waiver wire pickup this week, or if we you want to talk about a storyline with us, hit the like and subscribe. Hit those comments below and let us know. Always catch us on any social media uh, platform. And if you want more content, please, please, please head over to thefantasywhispers.com. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travi. We're the Fantasy Whispers, and we're out. Peace. Peace. Have a good night, Whisper Nation. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.